Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation made a promise to ensure we never forget. Since then, Tunnel to Towers has been committed to supporting America's heroes and their families. Heroes like U.S. Army Specialist Michael Hook. Hook was killed in Iraq when his helicopter was shot down. He enlisted in the military after graduating high school and left behind a pregnant fiancé who gave birth to a son that he would never meet. But thanks to the generosity of friends like you, Tunnel to Towers paid off the mortgage on his family's home, relieving a financial burden and bringing stability. The foundation helps Gold Star and Fallen First Responder families, as well as our nation's most severely injured heroes and homeless veterans. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. America's heroes are counting on you. 95 cents of every dollar you give goes directly to its programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices our heroes have made for us. Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do is answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest Toothpaste, Secret Deodorant, Old Spice Deodorant, or Gillette Razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Hold the Line. I am Rob Smith filling in for the great Buck Sexton. If you like me, check out my podcast, Can't Cancel Rob Smith, wherever you get your podcasts. So look, politicians lie like they breathe. This is nothing new. It is practically a part of the job description. Look, politicians lie and lie and lie. Then they take a deep breath. Then they lie some more. Then the ones in D.C. go have dinner at the diplomat. Then they go back to their office. Then they lie some more. Then they take a deep breath. Then they lie some more. Then they get on the phone, lie to their donors, get more money so that they can lie to you. This is what politicians do, and I am no longer shocked by this. But, guys, the lies that are coming from the Biden administration are next level precisely because these people are lying about the very things that are currently making your life and mine that much harder. Yeah, I said my life. Look, you see me on the TV screen and hear me on the podcast, but I am not some multimillionaire. I am not Kim Kardashian. I'm not jumping on my yacht after this show. I am very far from it. Look, guys, gas and groceries that are more expensive hurts. 
It hurts me, it hurts you, who it does not hurt, who does not really care about all of this stuff um, any further than the lies that they tell you from the podium, are the people in the Biden administration, are these bureaucrats, these people who have been in DC screwing up for decades and decades and decades and have failed up into these positions that they are so obviously not ready for. Case in point, Joe Biden's been in DC longer than I've been alive, folks. Here he is messing things up. And these people will lie to you over and over again and tell you that it is someone else's fault. These people are passing the buck, no pun intended, every single day. If your groceries are more expensive, it's the fault of those evil meat companies. Yeah, we're looking at you, Hormel. That's why it's your fault Spam is more expensive, if Spam is even meat. If your gas is more expensive, it's because of, you guessed it, Vladimir Putin. He is the left's favorite supervillain. He is the villain. He is the person that they want you to believe is making your gas prices this high. Listen to Biden's liar-in-chief, White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre, as she shuffles through her binder of lies to give a canned response when asked about these gas prices. Final question on gas prices. Americans are now spending $5,000 a year on gasoline. That's almost double what they did a year ago. Where are people supposed to go to get all that extra cash? To get the extra cash to pay for gas? Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things that we've been very clear about is to do everything in our power uh, to make sure uh, that we lower costs. Uh, you know, it is important. We see it. The president understands what the American people is, are, is going through. Uh, and that's why uh, we're doing everything that we can. We've made uh, multiple announcements in the past uh, several several months of what we're doing, whether it's the strategic uh, petroleum reserve, whether it's the ethanol 15, to make sure that, uh, that, uh, that the American people are not feeling Putin's uh, price hike. This is where this is coming from, 60 to 70 percent of the current price hike that we have seen has come from Putin's aggression against Ukraine. Yes, it's Putin's price hike, Putin's aggression against Ukraine. You know, don't mind your lying eyes that will read that according to AAA data, gas has doubled in price since Biden took office in January 2021, while the $50 billion war in Ukraine, that war that is still going on, by the way, that the DC and the establishment, all of these people have basically printed out all of this money to send over there, has only been going on for four months. By the way, DC crooks, how is that going? Oh, and don't even think about mentioning the fact that one of the first things that Joe Biden did when he took office was he killed the Keystone Pipeline. These policies matter, folks. And these policies are what are making your gas and mine that much more expensive. Corinne Jean-Pierre is so bad it almost makes you long for the days of Jen Psaki, who, look, at least lied to us without having to check her notes every 15 seconds. It's almost enough to make me want to watch her upcoming MSNBC show. Just playing, nobody's going to watch that show. Taxpayer dollars paid for the Jen Psaki show for the past year of our lives, and only the brain-dead executives at MSNBC wanted that one renewed. And of course, that brings me to the media. Yes, they are to blame. And look, I know that it's low-hanging fruit as a conservative commentator, political figure, whatever you want to call me. I know that blaming the media is low-hanging fruit. I know that everybody does it. But you have to understand we do this for a reason. 
And the reason we do this is because these people are corrupt. These people are basically the propaganda communications arm of the DNC. And onto the media, like I said, they are to blame because when Democrats are in charge in this country, it is all propaganda all the time from these people. You're not gonna get any sort of real straight down the line analysis from your MSNBCs or your CNNs or anywhere else in the world because their jobs and the way they see this is to protect Democrats and the Democrat agenda first. That comes before facts, that comes before truth, that comes before reporting what you are seeing with your own two eyes. And trust me, folks, I went to Columbia University for journalism school. I worked at New I have worked at NBC News and Yahoo News and all of these places. I know how the propaganda works from behind the scenes. But you gotta say that the propaganda that you're seeing right now, this is vastly different from when Obama was president. And the biggest difference is this. It is equally as awful. In fact, this Biden administration is probably even worse than the Obama administration. But when Obama was president, no matter what you think of the policies, this was a young, good-looking dude with a nice-looking family, right? So the media and the entertainment establishment was able to sell this misery with somebody that was charismatic enough to sell it. Now compare that to this. So yes, and let's applaud because it gets them where they need to go. <laughs> oh, cackling Cammy! the media propaganda wanted you to think Kamala Harris was a female Obama. They wanted you to think she, she was going to come save the day for black America and white America and was going to bring us all together. Instead, we got this cackling, cringe, lightweight who somehow treated like she's above any criticism because she's black and female. Now this media propaganda is also used to spread you the lie that inflation that you were seeing would just poof in the thin air. I believe it's transitory, but I don't mean to suggest that these pressures will disappear in the next month or two. This is an unprecedented shock to the global economy. It's led to a huge shift in demand away from services and toward goods. These people are so old. These people have been doing this for so long. These people are so deep in the bubble that they have no idea which way is up. These people do not care. And the same media propaganda that has given you somebody like Janet Yellen, who has been wrong at every major turn and is held up as some sort of authority on what's going on, these people want you to just shut up if you have a problem with the inflation that they told you is going to be transitory, just listen to this Washington Post reporter on, of course, MSNBC telling you to shut up about inflation because, hey, you still got a job and food to eat. There is a great deal of Americans where it is uncomfortable that they're spending more, but they are not going to go under. You know, you, you got to stop complaining when there's so many people who literally the inflation rate means they may only have two meals instead of three. There are Americans who did extremely well in the last two years in the market. You still have your job. And yeah, it's costing you more for gas, but guess what? You are still gonna take that holiday, that 4th of July vacation. You could still eat out. So I'm gonna need you to calm down and back off because it feeds into this fear. And then this fear feeds into people making decisions that creates the very thing that they are fearful of. 
these people are ridiculous. These people are liars. These people have such a disdain for anybody who's managed to build and do something for themselves. It's completely crazy. So you should just stop complaining about it. But honestly, the buck stops with Biden, who's running this country as easily as he rides a bike. But seriously, I honestly believe people who voted for Biden wanted a uniter, someone who would turn the temperature in this country down. Instead, he just kind of yells at us all the time like the angry old man that he is. I don't want to hear any more of these lies about reckless spending. We're changing people's lives. Biden and his flax lie and lie and lie. But America is hurting. You feel it. I feel it. Everyone feels it. And that's the truth. All right, Democrat-controlled cities around the country are poised to surpass 2021's murder and violent crime rates. We'll have more on that with KTTH Seattle radio host Jason Rance when we come back. Let's talk about protecting your home for a minute. You know that I'm skeptical by nature, so when I first heard about home title theft and the idea that thieves can literally steal your home, I was like, really? Can some cyber criminal really forge my name off the title of my home and take over as the new owner? Turns out, yeah, he can. It's not as rare as you'd think. According to the FBI, this crime is growing faster than credit card fraud, and you're not covered by homeowner's insurance or common identity theft programs. Home Title Lock earned my trust. Home Title Lock puts a virtual barrier around your home's title. The instant they detect anyone tampering with their home's title, they mobilize to help shut it down. So here's what I urge you to do. Number one, go to HomeTitleLock.com and read the testimonials from FBI agents and government officials. Number two, register your home address to see if you're already a victim and don't even know it. When you protect your home, tell them Buck Sexton sent you to get my listener discount. HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. America may be heading for a summer of violence as a number of major cities across the country are on track to surpass last year's rates of violent crime and homicide. According to a recent study from Fox News, violent crime is up in the cities of Atlanta, Baltimore, Philadelphia, Los Angeles, Washington, D.C., and in New York City, where it's up a staggering 25.8%. Wow. The city of Seattle, Washington, is also seeing a continued rise in crime, a statistic made possible by the loss of about a quarter of its entire police department over the last two years. Now let me bring in someone who knows a thing or two about this topic, conservative talk show host on KTTH in Seattle, Jason Rance. All right, Jason, Thank thanks so much. So for much. Me. No, absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Look, Jason... <laughs> Seattle looks a certain way to those of us who kind of just see the videos and stuff on Twitter and we see kind of like all the insanity. But, you know, you live there. That's how, you know, you built such a, a national profile here. And so you would know, how is Seattle coping with this police shortage? Well, so there's two separate issues. Number one, the city has gotten significantly cleaner than it has been in the past due to a mayor starting to take seriously this homeless crisis. On the other hand, at the same exact time, we have this increase in violence. We have an increase in nonviolent crime as well. And it's led in large part to permissive policies, some on the city level, some at the state level that basically say we're not going to put bad guys where they belong, which is in jail. 
and we have so few cops. We have just a little over 800 police officers. Now, two years ago, that number should have been between 1,500 and 1,600. They've now lowered their goal to about 1,400. But we're still a very long ways away from there, and we're very clearly not keeping up with the need because, frankly, not only do we have a retention problem, but we have a recruitment problem. And well, nothing a, is really being done that's working. Yeah, so I have a question. So these shortages that we're talking about right now, now, are these things that have happened over the past couple of years? Is the, are these things that have happened sort of like over the past decade? And what I'm trying to ask is how much of this stuff is directly related to all of this defund the police and, and sort of anti-cop rhetoric we've been hearing from the left over the past couple of years? Yeah, over the course of the last two years, it's definitely accelerated. But this was okay. a problem going into the defund movement where they were still short staffed, but nowhere near where they are now. We've lost somewhere around 450 officers just in the last two years. And that really started to surge this exodus around the time of the BLM movement and all of the riots that we were pretending are mostly peaceful. And then beyond that, you have, of course, the politicians who constantly are upping the rhetoric, almost as if it's a competition to see who can be the most anti-cop. And when you're constantly calling cops racist, and then you have the national conversation and rhetoric around police officers, it's hard for a lot of folks to say, yeah, I want to get into this as a job or stay in this as a job. And so we saw so many people just deciding to either leave some of the big cities like Seattle, New York, LA, all of these cities have been having this problem, but others are just saying, yeah, I just don't want to do this anymore. It's not worth it. All right, so Washington state is one of several jurisdictions that has banned police from chasing criminals, which is crazy. Um, in a recently recorded 911 call, a man actually calls the police on the police for chasing him. Take a listen. It's an illegal pursuit and my license is suspended. And it's an illegal pursuit. It's House Bill 1054. They're not supposed to be able to chase. It's illegal. They cannot chase. This is an illegal pursuit. This is an illegal pursuit under 1074. You know, I don't mean to laugh, but it's all so crazy uh, when you think it, about it. So I want to ask you, how are cops on the streets in Seattle um, dealing with these kind of restrictions? I mean, they're upset. They're saying you are not allowing us to do our jobs. In the case of that audio that you just played, because I broke that story. When I heard that audio for the first time, I was like, oh, my gosh, this really encapsulates what this problem is, where you mm -hmm. make these different changes to laws they're not happening in a bubble. The criminals actually know that. And so what cops are saying now is that they're seeing the behaviors of criminals starting to change, which mean, means they can't effectively do their jobs and or it's more dangerous for them to do their jobs. So in the case of that audio, the suspect's name is Isaac Sissel. He was accused of holding his girlfriend hostage in that car with a weapon. Thus, under the law, it's a little bit of a gray area, but the police said, actually, we can, in fact, chase you in this case because it's the we have probable cause for a violent crime and there's some nuances with Washington state law as it relates to domestic violence. So they decided to go ahead and chase anyway. They ended up making the arrest and he's going to be charged, it looks like, uh, officially, and it's going to go through the process. But, you know, th there are criminals who are very clearly taking advantage of the law as is written. That's why we're seeing a 10,000% increase in catalytic converter thefts mm -hmm. in the state of Washington since 2019. If you can commit a crime very quickly, get in your car and just drive away. You don't even have to speed away. Police cannot chase you. The only way that they can chase you is if there is, amongst uh, a few uh, examples, of probable cause for a violent crime.
So I'm going to ask you this. Very high bar. So I want to ask you this, um, a, a quick one and then a little bit of a long one. Quickly, this defund the police rhetoric and all that stuff. Now, we know that this is coming from the clowns on the national stage, right? Because it helps them get Twitter followers and, and raise money and all that other stuff. How much of this stuff is coming from the local politicians on the ground? Well, actually, Seattle is one of those exceptions to what you just said. There, there are a lot of folks on the ground, activists and in the Seattle City Council, who were pushing very hard to defund the police. And they created a whole bunch of problems along the way, as we've seen not just here, but across the country. When you defund the police, hey, guess what? Crime surges. So we actually did have, it's still, I think, a minority voice as far as the general population. But they were pushing and they saw some significant wins as far as their agenda goes. Interesting. All right, so recently, San Francisco DA Chesa Boudin was recalled, and LA County DA George Gascon is facing a similar effort. Do you think the pendulum is swinging back toward a tougher stance on crime in the cities? Like, do you think that the people that live in these cities are just getting tired of the rhetoric because it's making their, their streets so much more dangerous? Yeah, the question is whether or not you're seeing this regional momentum, which very clearly is happening. I mean, San Francisco, that's progressives. I know that Chesa Boudin wanted to pretend that it was all this conservatives who were doing conservatives clearly were not responsible for what happened with the recall because they're very few in, in San Francisco. So from a regional perspective or a local perspective, you're seeing it, especially in San Francisco. The question is, will that extend nationwide? And I don't know the answer to that yet. Because there are two issues that you have to compete with. Number one, the George Gascon recall is significant. This has been the, the general campaign that the national media has paid the most attention to. Yeah, they talked about Chesa Boudin, but it was really always about George Gascon. He's got a much yeah. bigger name recognition. If yeah. that fails, I fear that the momentum, at least from the media framing of it, is going to shift towards the negative. Because we're putting so much pressure on voters delivering in Los Angeles County because George Gascon and what he stands for. Beyond that, let's say the momentum continues to stay in this direction, which I certainly hope it does. Just because you recall George Gascon doesn't mean you got rid of some of the judges who have gone very easy on criminals. Just because you win a couple of elections on a council level doesn't mean that you've shifted all of the power dynamics to the side that doesn't want to defund or doesn't want to go light on crime. So we're not going to see a shift take place overnight, at least publicly, the, the voters might not experience that. And I just, I, I caution folks to understand it takes time. You, you, you know, Democrats talk about institutionalizing yeah. things. Well, they've institutionalized all these laws and, and policies, and that's not easy to undo. So we just gotta make sure that we're sticking with the momentum even after some wins, because the change doesn't happen overnight. All right. Always, always a pleasure. Always very informative. Jason Rance from Seattle, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Pride Month is generating a lot more controversy this year as videos like drag shows that include children go viral. We'll take a closer look at that with the president of the Log Cabin Republicans, Charles Moran, when we come back. Uh, first, I want to talk to you about protecting your online data. A lot of companies promise your privacy is guaranteed, but we know that's not true. That's why you need a new privacy and cybersecurity application tool called Secure. It's spelled S-E-K-U-R. Secure is using proprietary encryption and offering secure instant messaging and email. With Secure, all of your communications based on servers and data centers hosted in Switzerland without using any of the big tech platforms. Privacy is a big issue now. Without real security, people can read your emails, your messages, even your bank information. 
Secure will never mind your data, never ask for your phone number. You can send emails to your doctor, banker, lawyer, or anyone else with total confidence you're not being spied on. Secure is your solution to stop the constant theft of your digital identity. Costs only $5 for the messenger, only $10 for the messenger and email combination package. Go to secure.com and take back your privacy today. That's S-E-K-U-R.com. And use promo code BUCK for 25% off. We'll be right back with more Hold the Line. Oh, it's that time of year again, the rainbow explosion. Yes, it is Pride Month. Now the annual time that the LGBTQIAK++, yes, that's a real acronym, sort of spreads their joy all over the world. But look, over the past several years, it has become especially controversial and it has moved away from a message of love and acceptance to now sexualizing young kids. In the past few weeks, outrage has poured out from Pride events held across the country. In Dallas, an event called Drag the Kids to Pride had young children handing money to twerking drag queens with bright neon lights saying, quote, it's not going to lick itself. And in San Francisco, a middle school held a drag show with a crowd of students cheering on for the performer. So is sexualizing young kids the right response and message Pride Month should be pushing? Well, let's ask the president of the Log Cabin Republicans, America's oldest LGBT organization for Republicans, Charles Moran. Charles, thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me on, Rob. I think you forgot a two and an S somewhere in there. We're alphanumeric now. We're not just the letters. Yes, it's the two SS plus KIA, two spirited, everything else. So look, Charles, it, it, it seems like this has all gotten a little crazy over the past couple of years. What is your thoughts on the overall craziness of what we're seeing and then this, this kids at drag shows thing? Well, Rob, I think it's really important that we're having this conversation this month. And I think one of the things that Americans are realizing is that this has gone from a month of visibility to a month of woke corporate advertising and um, just has gone way too far over the line. Uh, it's it's I don't think that LGBT visibility has any problem in society today in America. Um, we definitely are having struggles in other parts of the country and excuse me, the world where it's yes. still illegal to be gay in 68 countries. And we're in some way, shape or form, eight of them you can be executed for. And we're doing work to bring attention to that. But here in America, you can't walk down the street without a rainbow bat whacking you in the face. And, you know, having the, this woke corporate mentality um, that really isn't authentic. And I think that Americans are waking up and seeing like we have moved beyond this issue of victimhood. And that's one of the things that, you know, I think America and Republican leadership over the last couple of years is, you know, we, we've moved beyond the era of victimhood. Liberals and the left love to put people in their box, whether or not you're black or you're brown or you're gay or Asian or Latino or Jewish or whatever. Um, if, if you're not a victim, um, you're of no use to the Democrats. And yeah, I think that you're, you're literally of no use to them. And you said something very interesting that I want to make a point at. Uh, because you mentioned the places all over the world where you can still be executed for being gay, right? And so when you look at all of these corporations, they, they sort of change their logos to the Pride Month flags uh, on, on Twitter right here. But when you look at the Middle East branch of all of these corporations, those logos stay right the same, right? 
Yeah, Mercedes-Benz, BMW, Cisco, uh, Oracle, a lot of like these multinational corporations, pharma companies, whatever. Um, it's funny how they'll, and even, you know, we saw with the Disney mess, you know, with them coming out and, and trashing Ron DeSantis. And, you know, we mm -hmm. stood up very for Ron DeSantis, um, you know, but at the same time, Disney was still taking their cruise ships to countries in the in the Caribbean that were that still um, like criminalized homosexuality. It, it's just so blatant that the hypocrisy is just to line their pockets with those pink dollars. Of and course. We're stand up for it anymore. Of course, and it's so funny that you bring up Disney, okay? So obviously the don't don't say gay slur against, you know, Ron DeSantis and, and the Parental Rights and Education Act that he passed in Florida, of course, that don't say gay thing was a complete lie, right? And the left doesn't, the thing about this is, and I, and I said this earlier today in, in my opening sort of uh, manifesto, the left lies and lies and lies, then they take a deep breath and then they lie some more. And it's very interesting that you bring up Disney because now, you know, the uh, Lightyear movie that came out over the past weekend underperformed, some would say it flopped, uh, these people in Disney put a lesbian kiss into that movie that nobody wanted, nobody asked for. Apparently they put it in, then deleted it, then put it in again, then tried to, you know, have a PR blitz about it. Apparently there's something about this that is turning off parents, and I think it's the push of all of this stuff on kids. And speaking of which, so, the Oklahoma Pride Alliance has a flyer, and I'll put this up on the screen, and it says this. Calling all musicians, drag artists, dancers, and talent ages 13 to 20. Oklahoma Pride Alliance Youth is currently accepting applications for performers. Don't miss your chance to perform at Pride Fest. Look, I don't know when sort of indoctrinating kids and putting all of this stuff in and bringing like child drag queens and all that stuff, I don't know when that started, but it needs to end now. And so, Charles, with you and the Log Cabin Republicans, so, so what are you doing to sort of get the word out that there are gays and lesbians in this country that do not want this? Well, one of the first things is being vocal and visible about it, yeah. and it's very obviously to break through the mainstream media narrative. When uh, Chastin Buttigieg got on TV and started trashing the Parental Rights Act in, in Florida with Governor DeSantis, log cabin Republicans jumped right in and I got on TV immediately and called him a liar. Uh, when you see corporate media continuing to push this, it's part of a larger narrative that I see and it's it's a lot of people see it and it's born out of the, the identification of critical race theory. But it's this destruction of cultural mores in Western society that the left and Marxists really deem as uh, being an impediment to uh, their their takeover of, of Western civilization. They've taken down religion. They're trying to take down race. Now they're trying to take down gender. And they're using things like schools, the entertainment industry, well, corporations, as an attempt to just blur the lines that mm -hmm. gender doesn't matter in society. And we all know, I mean, and me as a, a firm, ardent gay man, that gender has an absolute construct and it's had an important construct in Western society. Um, and, and the left, just as they've tried to tear down race, they've tried to weaponize religion, they've tried to weaponize our history. Um, now they're trying to weaponize gender and it's, mm -hmm. it's part of this march on the left to remove these types of cultural mores that are so important. And, and gay conservatives are standing up and saying, enough is enough. This is not LGBT equality. This is woke 
radical gender ideology. This is not the same as, 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 as pride. It's not the same as equality. And under no circumstances should this be misconstrued. And somebody has to stand up and say it, and we are, and so are moms and dads and parents across the country that are supportive of LGBT equality, but they are not gonna go down this road of a radical gender redefinition in society. Absolutely, and so let me ask you this. What do you say to some cons <clears throat> some conservatives that you know may be watching this right now um, that say they need to get rid of pride altogether? I don't care if you clean it up. I don't care if you take the kids out of it. There is no space for this at all. So what do you say to them? You know, people can have their moment to celebrate whatever they want. You know, he here in New York, where I am for the next few days, you know, that was the birth of Stonewall in places mm -hmm. like Los Angeles. We had the Black Cat. Um, the, the the birth of the of of the the real um, gay civil rights movement with political work was the Briggs Initiative in California, and, and then Governor Ronald Reagan was heavily involved with that. Um, you know, to to help gays come out of the closet as conservatives, um, and th there is an, there is a component where we can you know, be proud of who we are, of our accomplishments as a community and how we take care of one another. It doesn't all have to be drag shows and camp. And, uh, you know, we have built a real community. And, you know, Rob, you're a part of our conservative um, community as well. Like we take care of one another. We look out for one another. And that's if we go back to de Tocqueville and, and the founding of America, where we have groups of people who have a similar shared interest, where we do community service, where we're looking out for one another. A lot of us are single, may not ever have kids. We've got to be there for one another. And there's a lot of positive ways that pride can manifest itself. Senior housing, health care for one another, making sure that we're there to look after one another so the government doesn't have to do it. Um, so there is really an opportunity for pride to be used as something constructive for our community. But what we're seeing right now is a marketing show that just can't um, really be put in any kind of positive frame whatsoever. It, it's, it's just destructive. All right, president of the Law Cabinet Republicans, Charles Moran, always spicy. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you. All right, a major victory for Second Amendment advocates today as the Supreme Court strikes down New York's arbitrary limits on concealed carry permits. The host of Counterculture on the Epic Times, Danielle D'Souza, joins us next to give her take. Stay with us. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. We, the president, myself, many of us are deeply concerned and troubled by the Supreme Court's ruling today. Um, it, it, I believe, defies common sense and um, the Constitution of the United States. Vice President Kamala Harris deeply concerned and unhappy about the SCOTUS ruling this morning on concealed carry permits in New York, but this is a huge win for supporters of the Second Amendment. As SCOTUS blog reported this morning,
the Supreme Court strikes down a New York gun control law that required people to show, quote, proper cause to get a license to carry a concealed handgun outside the home. The vote is 6-3. Joining me now to discuss is Danielle D'Souza, host of Counterculture with Danielle D'Souza. Thank you so much for joining me. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts on this. Hi, Rob. Thanks so much for having me. I mean, I think what's so crazy about this is Kamala Harris, she is no legal scholar. She literally clearly has not read the Constitution, has not read the Second Amendment to see that our rights shall not be infringed. Yeah, it's very interesting about that. And so when you look at all the conversation that's happening on social media today, because, you know, I follow people on the right and the left. It's really interesting and important to follow people on the left because you have to see just how uninformed they are. But literally people are saying that it's so cool that, you know, this is sarcasm, uh, that the Supreme Court just struck down the law to um, about, you know, the right to bear this, the Supreme Court just struck down this concealed carry thing for New York while they were about to strike down the right of women to have an abortion. You have to make the note that abortion is not in the Constitution. These people have no idea what's in the Constitution. But let me go to this. So Justice Stephen Breyer issued a statement on the new ruling saying that, quote, only by ignoring an abundance of historical evidence supporting regulations restricting the public carriage of firearms can the court conclude that New York's law is not, quote, consistent with the nation's historical tradition of firearm regulation? Uh, that is what comes when you actually read the Constitution, when you actually know what's in there. So, Danielle, my question to you is, why is the left so high up on this horse? Like, why is this the hill that they are so ready and willing to not only die on, but to show their complete ignorance about? Yeah, well, I think the timing of this was probably just really a gut punch for them because they were so ready to pass these restrictions in the Senate. I think they felt really good about themselves. They felt like they were on a great roll. And then they realized, oh, wait, no, actually, even if we pass something, it could get struck down by the Supreme Court, or it wouldn't even be constitutional, clearly. But I think I'd have to go to Clarence Thomas with what he said. He basically wrote that the Second Amendment is not an inferior amendment. So some people try to think, oh, well, you know, maybe the First Amendment, free speech, or uh, due process, all of these other things, they are more important. And the Second Amendment is one that we can just keep chipping away at. And every time there's a school shooting or whatever happens, let's just keep chipping away at this. But it truly is an amendment, and it has the same um, veracity and tenacity as all of the other amendments. And so I think we have to protect it because we don't need to explain why we have this right. That right is already there. And if we want to exercise that right, that is our right. So New York was taking away one of our fundamental rights. Mm -hmm. And that's very interesting. And speaking of, of New York, again, so Democratic Governor Kathy Hochul of New York is, of course, unhappy about the decision. In her response, and I want you to watch this, it really speaks to a lack of common sense that is always coming from the left about this issue. So watch her reaction to the news from the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court of the United States of America has stripped away the state of New York's right and responsibility to protect its citizens with a decision which we are still digesting, which is frightful in its scope of how they are setting back this nation and our ability to protect our citizens back to the days of our founding fathers. So I, look, 
I'm not some Second Amendment sort of like scholar. I am very much pro 2A. Look, I'm a veteran. I was in the military. I believe in Americans' fundamental rights to protect themselves, right? You got a, a black guy and a woman over here talking um, that are both very pro 2A. But the thing that irritates me the most about what Kathy Hochul was saying is that it is divorced from common sense. So what she is trying to tell these people that she is lying to is that this law is going to make the streets more dangerous because it is allowing or it is going to make it harder for them to protect themselves, which is completely ridiculous, right? And so they are lying to their people for what reason? I am very curious as to what your thoughts on this are. Yeah, it's completely ridiculous. And I guess I would just want to point out first that even when she's holding up those papers, it's clear she hasn't even actually read the decision. She's basically saying, wow, this is so long. This is so much work. I actually don't even know what's in these documents other than the fact that I know I'm against it. I know it's setting mm -hmm. us back in history. And I feel like the left, you know, they always say that. They always act like anything they want is going to push us forward. That's progress. But anything that the conservatives want is setting us back in time. Well, I would say this is actually huge progress because now, you know, women in New York like myself can protect themselves if we are walking around on the street. And I'm sure she's noticed and others have noticed that it's not a safe place. The city has taken a clear, you know, downward spiral with homelessness and crime. And unfortunately, the police are not always there next to you to jump in and help you. And so sometimes you have to be ready for those things. But again, we don't even need to justify ourselves in this because it's our right. But sadly, I do think many people who live in Democrat areas and live in cities probably will actually need to be using this more than if you live somewhere else where you might be surrounded by more people who are carrying. Here, unfortunately, that's pretty unlikely. It's basically been impossible to get this concealed carry license. Even if you explained all these things, here are death threats, here are reasons why I need this. Yeah, good luck. I mean, you probably weren't going to get it unless you're literally Kathy Hochul and you are um, some person who has you know, secret service level kind of right. police around you all the time. They always have armed security. They always, and, and speaking of which, and, and I, I think I got time to go to one more here. This is The View's Whoopi Goldberg. And she is saying this, by the way, from a protected set at ABC Studios, right on the Upper West Side of New York City. This is her declaring the new concealed carry law insane. We have been trying to figure out how to get a handle on all that has been going on in this city in particular with gun laws. And it makes you wonder, what does this mean? Are we saying to people, yes, you can... Yeah, the, the, the thing about it is, is that, and what I love about The View is that it is literally the dumbest show on television. These people are so <laughs> misinformed and uninformed about everything that they opine on. But this is the case of a New York City liberal that has protection everywhere she goes, from the car service to the armed guards that are protecting the set, declaring you and I, regular citizens, our, our ability to protect ourselves, completely insane. Uh, we are short on time, so I'm going to let you go, but thank you so much, Danielle D'Souza, host of Counterculture with Danielle D'Souza, to join me to talk about this very important issue. Thanks, Rob. All right, Americans are feeling a major economic pinch between inflation and high gas prices, but don't worry, the White House has a plan to save you 18 whole cents. We've got the video of that in tonight's Quick Hits. Stay right there. Congressman Eric Swalwell makes up a doozy of a story and Biden gets tongue-tied yet again. Oh my God, I mean, so what else is new? Those stories in tonight's Quick Hits, let's get to it.
Eric Swalwell is tweeting stories again. He loves telling his stories, probably some of the same stories he told Fang Fang in bed, that Chinese spy, but that's neither here nor there. This is what he said in a tweet. He said this, today I gave a tour in the Capitol and was stopped by a father with his young boy. The father yelled at me, hey, Swalwell, and then told his son, that's Swalwell. He's trouble. He doesn't back Trump. I kept walking and felt sad for the boy. He's being raised in a cult family. Oh, that Eric Swalwell, he is such a stand-up guy. He is such a proud American. He is such a good American that he was duped into having an affair with a Chinese spy. And what kills me about the left folks, what kills me about these people, these leftist Democrat politicians, is that these people know that they are so deeply protected by the Democrats and the mainstream media and that entire infrastructure that they can walk around with their noses held up high at people that voted for Donald Trump knowing, like Eric Swalwell does, that he literally had an affair with a Chinese spy, okay? And so these people pretend that these things don't exist while they look down on Trump voters. So instead of, you know, figuring out what was going on with China, instead of maybe investigating this woman uh, that conned her way into his bed, he spends all of his time trying to demonize people that voted for Trump. And don't think that this just is about Donald Trump. It'll be about Donald Trump, it'll be about Ron DeSantis, it'll be about any other Republican, because all of these people, all that these people do is demonize the other side. Speaking of demonizing the other side, that is pretty much all that Joe Biden does, but now Biden, oh, he has got another tongue twister for us again. He is creating words right now. Look at this. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was gonna put him, uh, put, I can define Biden in a single word, and that word is embarrassing. You know, and the thing about this is, people, is this. There are people that actually voted for Joe Biden. There are some of them out there. You know, apparently, maybe some of them are even watching right now. Apparently, you have been red-pilled by all of the nonsense that you've been seeing, and you've come over to the dark side. If that is you, I would say welcome. But here's the thing that really irritates me. We are not allowed to talk about the fact that Joe Biden is frail and weak and weird. We're not allowed to talk about the fact that the oldest president in United States history regularly does this. The guy falls off the bike, the guy trips up, he trips up the um, Air Force One, he does all of these things. And let me tell you this, if Trump had messed up in front of so many cameras in this way all the time, you would see weeks and weeks and weeks of media coverage. It would literally be nonstop with these people sort of talking about how unfit for office he is. But we don't see that with Joe Biden because we have an entire infrastructure that is covering for him. It is ridiculous and it is un-American. Speaking of which, Corinne Jean-Pierre, the Biden administration's liar-in-chief, as I said earlier, tells you, she is lying to you, she's telling you that saving just a little bit of money on your gas will go a long way. He sees this as an opportunity, a straightforward, uh, simple way to deal with uh, the pain that the, the American people is dealing with, giving them some relief at the pump. 
That's what we're talking about. Uh, it's straightforward. It's simple. The president would like Congress to to act. Uh, we're talking about uh, you know 18 cents uh, per gallon, which is going to go a long way. If you look at uh, the average of states, that's 30 cents. Just looking at those two things, that's almost 50 cents. Uh, that's going to go a long way for three months. That's it. That's three months. That's an if. But I know. Yeah, if. absolutely. But we're going to continue to work hard uh, and to to get the the, the American public. Uh, some really wow, that 18 cents. Wow, it's gonna go a very long way. You know, you add that to what was it that they that they saved us in at the fourth of July uh in 2021 was like 16 cents. While you put that all together, you may have enough for a hot dog. These people are ridiculous. You have to understand that they say these things because they live in the bubble that they never get out of. Well, look, that is all the time we have for tonight. The No Spin News Bill Riley is coming up next. As my good friend Buck would say, Shields High. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation supports America's greatest heroes, our service members, and first responders who die or are severely injured in the line of duty, as well as homeless veterans. These are heroes we all owe a debt of gratitude to. The Foundation's Gold Star, Fallen First Responders, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs honor the sacrifices made for us. We're honoring the men and women who risk their lives and bodies for our country and our communities. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America, with over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year. Not to mention there are dozens of golf outings and barbecues. The Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute educates kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day while helping our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Hear fascinating animal stories to explore wildlife across the globe in Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife. Starting March 15th, listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.